show on a Thursday morning, November 17. We have hit the downhill slide to a weekend. It is a bedlam weekend in the state of Oklahoma. I know neither of these teams are going to the college football playoff. Neither of these teams are going to the Big 12 championship game. But it still feels like this is big, doesn't it? I well, it's mean, a must win for OU. It's a must-win for OU. Why do you say that? One, if you drop this game at home, um, I don't know if you go on the road the next week and win in Lubbock, and then you're not bowl eligible. bowl eligible, you got to win this one. And Mike Gundy has not had much success in this series. True. He likes to run his mouth, and on a down year for Oklahoma, if he beats you, he's going to jump on you as much as he can, and he's going to ride that and wear it into the ground. So, in Mm. my opinion, it's a must-win. Not to mention, this season hasn't gone well for Brent in year one. You don't want to lose to Texas and Oklahoma State in that same year and not have that momentum going into next year. At least that, if if you win that Bedlam game, That eases a little bit of that. It gets you bowl eligible. You get that extra time with your team. Not to say you can't win at Tech, but I just don't know what frame of mind it puts you in going on the road. You've talked me into it. It's a must win. It's a must win. It's a must win, I think. Well, it's a must win because we keep – all I've heard about from the afternoon show, especially from Tyler, Mr. Doom and Gloom, is (laughs) the bottom – have we hit the bottom? Have we bottomed out? Uh And the problem is – That would be even more uh, hitting rock bottom, yeah. Exactly. We haven't hit rock bottom yet. Here's, here's what rock bottom is. Okay, let this sink in, TJ. Mm. Here's here's the here is the ultimate Armageddon that would create the ultimate rock bottom for OU fun. fans. Is we lose Bedlam, right? So we didn't have to sit there and deal with Mike Gundy for another year. We actually win, which I know sounds counterintuitive to rock bottoming, but we win in Texas Tech by like three points. It's like a really ugly game. We're bowl eligible. And we're bowl eligible, and we have to freaking go – to Frisco uh, and play, or is it Frisco? There was like another Fort bowl Worth. game. Yeah, whatever the game, Armed whatever the game is, is Fort Worth. Armed Forces Bowl. We go to the Armed Forces Bowl. There it is, and we end up having to play Liberty. Mm. And Liberty beats us out Liberty, of our Liberty. Yeah, Liberty. They just beat the snot out of us because they would win the game. Jerry Falwell. Well, they got school. that emu. How are you going to beat that? 
And so we then lose to Liberty. And in, and in the midst of all of that occurring, USC makes the uh, college football playoff. Oh, stop that, talking. Stop talking. That is bottom line. No, out. we can't and take a, anymore. That is very real. That is a very it's real situation. Not, no, we can't take anymore of your words. And normally I'm the positive one, Toby. Yeah. But I don't know. This You're season, painting a bleak hey, picture. Hey, if we oh. play the emus, if there's anyone over at OU listening, we need a uh, sideline pass for John Whitson. If anyone knows how to battle the emu, it is John Whitson. So. That's true. Thank you. Well, it's one thing to say this is how bad it would be if we don't win. How are we feeling, John, about this game? We're going to win. It's Oklahoma State. They suck. They're terrible. <laughs> Oklahoma State is still Oklahoma State. They're still coached by Mike Gundy. Uh-huh. Uh, they lost their defensive coordinator. They're riddled by injuries. It's at home. Um, we've played better at home. Ish, I guess. Um, <laughs> we've lost twice. Yeah, home. well. Okay. <laughs> historically, historically, Oklahoma's played great at home. Um, and so it doesn't matter. It's Oklahoma State. We're going to get up for Oklahoma State. Okay. Aaron Gray is going to have a huge game. Marvin Mims is going to get his, his hands figured out. We're going to be really good to go. I think Stutzman showed some uh, electricity on defense, especially in the first half. He's going to carry that to a home game. I think we win by two touchdowns. Wow. 35-21. about that, Teach? What do you think about that? 35-21, he says. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow, but... Uh, yeah, TJ's uh, guts why he can't give away. Contractually, he can't give away how he feels. Yet champion home game, loans so. would not like that if I let anything out no. right now. That's true. Well, I like your optimism. I like your optimism. But the rock bottom is still in the back of my mind. I don't want, I want to be realistic about where I'm at as a Sooner fan right now. I don't want people to think I've like gone off my rocker and... Everything's rosy. It's not rosy, Toby. Part of rock bottom would be losing again and having to be uh, daggered with a final call from Dave Hunziker, like he did to Texas, like he did to Oklahoma last year. We had Dave Hunziker on in the first hour of today's show, and we asked him about those infamous calls. We've had a a lot of fun with um, your call at the end of the Texas game on this show. (laughs) You, You are... The nicest, gentlest, kindest person in the world. There's been a few times in recent years, Dave, where the uh, the final call from Bedlam last year, the final call from the Texas game this year, where I've like, who's the devil sitting on Dave's shoulder right now? <laughs> what, what comes over you late in games, Dave, in some of these games? Can I be perfectly honest with you? Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you this, and your audience will laugh. i got to be careful how I say this. I don't want our fans to be upset. After I'm just going to tell the truth because that always meant a pretty much an open book. After both of those, in about three minutes, I thought, "Oh dear God, what did you just do?" <laughs> I am dead serious. Ask my wife; she's up. I'm not going to bother because she hasn't had her coffee yet. I was like, "Oh my God, Dave, what did you just do?" It's like, you know, and it's funny because I'm just thinking, so all these years he said. Don't do that kind of stuff. And then I did it anyway. Now, the fans love it, but you can't. I mean, yeah. anyway, yeah, there, there was a, yes, the fans loved it. But, yes, I mean, it's, and when I did it again after the Texas game, then I had a little self-talk with myself and said, okay, dude, it's all you get fired up and competitive. Because one thing I disguise well, Toby, I am a competitive son of a gun to a mm-hmm. fall, as my priest could tell you. Um, it, it's, yeah, I am a hyper competitive and every once in a while it boils over, but I will tell you that while the fans enjoyed that point, I hope I probably just made all our fans mad, but afterwards I'm thinking, okay, what, what, what exactly was that? 
And it's like, uh, <laughs> then he did it again. It's kind of like, you know, well, shoot, you, know, you do things twice, you end up in jail for 10 years. So thankfully, I'm still, I'm still not behind bars, so that's good. I love the post-game self-talks are the best that oh, we broadcasters. I was like, oh, dear Lord. It's like, what was that? It's like, it's kind of like, yeah, anyway, like a lot of things in my life, there's a lot of that that goes on, unfortunately. It's like, what was that? So if Saturday night OU wins, TJ, and I say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was a game between a team with a championship culture and a team that does not have a championship culture. Yes. Um, I would assume that would be met with some applause and probably a call to the principal's office. What do you think happens to me after the uh, after the game if I do that? Joe, I think. Should I consider this or not consider this? You're talking principal's office as in Joe Castiglione's office? Maybe. Um, Maybe higher. Someone over uh, <laughs> President Harris. <laughs> um, I think they listen to this show and would know the angle you're going with and get a hearty laugh out of that and say, Yeah! Take that, Hunziker! So it should be in consideration? Is that what you're saying? I think it should be in consideration. It's been a rough year. I mm-hmm. think it would be a uh, like a giant group <laughs> we need some hug. Joy. If that was the call that came <laughs> flying out of your mouth at the end, it would be a giant group hug oh, amongst thousands of Oklahoma fans and uh, faculty, yeah. Oh, well, I can't tell you it's not pinging around in the back of my brain. We'll see whether or not it comes flying out in the moment or not. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I would like to think I'll behave in that situation, but, but, but we shall see. Can I share with you a concern I have for this game? Yes. I think there are reasons to believe Oklahoma will win this game based on the matchup. I think that they're going to struggle with the Oklahoma running game. Mm-hmm. I think OSU is going to struggle with. The Oklahoma offensive line, which has continued to improve with Eric Gray, who has continued to get better and better as the years gone along. Um, I think we can take advantage of them really in all facets defensive of their defense. Our offense can move the ball. Um, so matchup-wise, if you're just checking who's got the advantage, uh, offensive lines, running backs, D-lines, all that kind of stuff, I think I put more checks on OU's side of this matchup than OSU's going in. It's close, but, you know, our defense has struggled, but so has theirs. I think it's it's a home game for Oklahoma. I, I think logically I give a slight edge to OU. However, one of the biggest reasons, in my opinion, Oklahoma has dominated this series against Oklahoma State is this feeling when Oklahoma takes the field against OSU, well, we just don't we don't lose to these guys. Like Correct. we own these guys. Right. We own Oklahoma State. And then you pass it down and the next class goes, Yeah, yeah, we own Oklahoma State. Regardless if you got the better team or you're favored or whatever the case is, whether it's in Norman or it's in Stillwater, we own you guys. It's a mental thing. Oklahoma walks in believing and knowing they're gonna win this game and OSU's not sure. They hope, right? I feel about this game similar to the way I felt about the season as a whole. There is not a lot on this Oklahoma team that has any reason to feel that way. 
There's not a lot of guys. There's some. There's not a lot because they lost last year. Even the ones that were here last year lost. There's not a lot of guys who have who have grown up in the we own this these guys OU locker room versus OSU. And I don't know if we take the field with that uh, cocky mentality that they have had through the years, which has fueled them so well in Bedlam. I don't care how good you guys are. We're Oklahoma. We're better than you. We're going to run over you tonight. So that has me a little bit concerned. It's really been the story of the year, going into the Texas game, going into the season, going into this game. We have three or four guys, Deshaun White, Braden Willis, who have been through Woody Washington, who have been through these things before. But that's kind of it. Even our quarterback will be playing in his first bedlam. Theirs is going to be playing in his fifth. So not I don't I'm not picking OSU to win. I'm saying that's my kind of my my concern. The uh the Lack flip of side of that, and confidence. But the the flip side of that Toby is that OSU has plenty of guys on their sideline including their head coach that has a ton of scar tissue. Well, that's true. For losing to Oklahoma. That's true. They it did has, win last year though. They won last year, but Let's face it, it, we're still a bugaboo to them. They're, they're, they still true. haven't figured out how to beat us on a consistent basis. It's a good point. And I'm not sure that they have the horses to do it this year. Their defense last year was fantastic. Yeah. It really was. You can't, you can't overstate no, how great. good their defense was. And it took the best defense they've had ever, maybe, to finally beat us. And they are far from that. Yeah. They are far from that. They are 10th defensively in the Big 12. Yeah. So... And they've got a quarterback that has lost a lot of games and a lot of games to Oklahoma. They've got a head coach that's lost a lot of games to Oklahoma. And so while I will grant, you the, po- I will grant you the point that we might ha- have lost some institutional memory of how much we own Oklahoma State, there's plenty of institutional memory on Oklahoma State side of how much they've been owned. You think they may come in and pee down their leg a little bit? I, the, best, the best indicator of future actions, past performance, and they have peed down their leg quite often in Norman over the last 15, 20 years. It will be cold. Well, maybe they need to do it to warm up. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. All right. Thoughts, TJ? My thoughts are what you're concerned with really concerns me when you're talking about a Brent Venables coach team. Explain. Like, I. it's hard for me, and I know it's happened this year, and this is one of the things that's been confusing for me. It's hard for me to see a uh, Brent Venables coach team not come to the field every single game breathing fire, mm-hmm. spitting nails, well, just ready to run someone over. Yeah, I'm and not I even talking about that. That's, that is, lacking. that's true. I don't even t- saying they're not fired up. There's just something about this kind of, you know, guttural knowledge that of what OU Texas is all about, you know? Versus experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And a guttural knowledge of, well, here's how Bedlam's going to unfold. Because it always does. And even your coaching staff this year doesn't really have a lot of that. There's some. You know, there's the Beaton Bows and DeMarco Murrays. But there's a whole lot of guys uh, that are going to be going through this for the first time. So 
Could be completely irrelevant. I'm just telling you. That's the concern that's... Uh, Drake Stoops will and, have him ready to go. He's experienced this a few times in his life. Well, that's true. Even Drake's as a, a guy even as a kid, as the coach Drake knows son. how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> Drake definitely knows how this goes. I feel like they need a Bob Stoops or a Teddy Lehman or somebody to give the pregame pep talk that just says, hey, listen, so you guys understand, we don't lose to these guys. You know, just so you know. X's and O's, all that kind of stuff, uh, they're all important. But just so you know, we don't lose to these guys. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll have that. No, There'll I be agree. plenty of I... people uh, waiting in line to give that speech, I think, I... on Saturday. You're biting your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I wish we didn't have to count on somebody else to give a pregame speech. we got to count well, on our coach know. to give a pregame speech. I don't know that we have to. I'm saying that would be nice. I would. I, that would be something I would like. I couldn't agree with you more, though. Brent's been through it. I can't Brent, wait to see Brent, this. Brent's been through it. It's been a gap, I mean, but you're he's basic, been through it. You're basically writing the scene center right here, right? I mean, you're basically saying the scene center. We don't lose to Oklahoma State. That's the scene center. Just play the scene center to him. You could be the guy, Toby. Maybe I will be the guy. Brent's got my cell phone if he needs me. Yeah. We'll be back. He's Toby. He's writing uh, liners for his endgame victory call on Saturday night. <laughs> no, We're taking your no, suggestions no, no, now no. on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. This hour brought let's to you just, by RK Black. Let's just hope whatever happens, we get to unhitch a wagon. That's the most important thing. Um, I've received a text from someone saying, if you drop that line that you said earlier about uh, this is what it's like when a, a champion culture, or however you put it, uh, he would buy ten books if you drop that line. So, <laughs> Hey. Hey, that might be just the push I need. That might be the book book sales might get me over the edge. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We have to win this game. I don't want to have to bail Uncle out of jail again. This texture says. Well, I mean, one more thing is, and and TJ is predicting this. Could be the last one. You know, like it might not be. I would say it probably won't be, but it could be the last one for a while. Especially I mean, the last just in Norman. No, yeah, and you don't want to have to sit on that. You know, you don't want to go a decade, and they have that card to play, OSU fans. So Man. it is important. It's it's the most important game ever between a five and five team and a seven and three team, right? It's so important they're putting on it ABC national television for some reason. I don't know if it's national. Maybe it's regional. This texture suggests pistols jammed is what Toby should shout when OU wins this Saturday. Mm. Yeah, we've 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 gone pistols misfiring a few times in the uh, in the last twelve years. I don't think I've ever said jammed though. As a part of a must-win. Uh, you know, talking take into account the downward spiral that started with the loss to OSU immediately following Muleshoe leaving under the cover of darkness. So mm-hmm. that's kind of when everything went south last year, isn't it? Yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, this maybe maybe a win this Saturday would click everything back the other direction. This says only losers trash talk after they win. Yeah, I mean there is something to that, Teach. I mean I don't know. I'm not saying losers. I'm just saying. Uh, keep it classy, you know. Holy jeez! No, we'll see. We'll see. Holy jeez! I mentioned uh, that texture that sent in Trump twenty twenty four. Talk about that, and I have received a string of text messages from someone with four letter words that I cannot say on the air. 
after about 15 text messages here, it says, ha ha, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of effort to be joking. A lot, a lot of uh, four-letter words. Uh, why do I feel like Brent is just trying too hard? I feel like he's working too hard uh, to emulate his mentors. He does like... He doesn't look like the Brent Vittables on the sideline. His coach speak is phenomenal, but possibly overly practiced. He speaks of stripping the team down to the studs. Why do I feel, respectfully speaking, he needs to strip himself down to the studs and just be Brent? Mm. Hmm. I don't know. That's a visual I don't want to huh. partake in right there. But uh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that getting Brent to tr- not try. To try less, or whatever that person is saying, is ever going to be a possibility. Like, I think he just wakes up on a mission every day. So, uh, he'll get it going. He'll I, get it going. I think Brent's just, I think he, there's an element of finding your true, authentic self on the sideline, too. I mean, yeah. you've been around these great coaches, and you've seen how Snyder and Stoops sure. and Dabo have done things, and you are trying. I mean, if we're if we cannot be upset with him trying to emulate those three gentlemen, right? I mean, those Hall are of famers. Hall of Famers, yeah. fantastic coaches. He's got to figure out what that blend is, though, right? And it's the same thing with complementary football. It, it it you know what's the blend of high speed you know offense versus controlling sure. the game defense? Yep. What's the blend of you know how much pressure we're gonna? I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that he's got to balance, and he does have to figure it out. Unfortunately for us, we wanted so badly to believe that there was going to be zero learning curve for Brent Venables, that he was going to be able to step in day one and perform at a Bob Stoops, Dabo Sweeney level. And Bob went 7-5 and five in his first year. Dabo had to hire Brent Venables before he even got good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where we've got to give him an opportunity to find his authentic style and – I don't think it's going to take him very long. I think we're in really, really good shape with Brent Venables. We talk about losing to Oklahoma State and that being the start of bad things happening. I still contend that if we don't lose to Oklahoma State and and Lincoln doesn't take the USC job, it simply delays the inevitable. Lincoln was going to leave at some point, and he was going to leave like this. We got that out of our system. We got the guy we wanted. We have a true sooner. I think we're going to be just fine, but we're going to have to build it up a little bit. I agree with that. I agree that. I can kind of sense this. I, we, I think we've even maybe talked about it on the radio show. TJ can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it would be the NFL. Yeah. I did not get the sense that Oklahoma was Lincoln Riley's destination job. Right. Like, it was just a matter of the right offer coming his way. I was surprised at the at the one he jumped at, but I don't. I did not see him being here for 30 years. Or 15 years, even. No, and when you look back at it, if you look at, like, the whole situation, the guy was only 33 when he started. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody takes a job at 33. I mean, Even Barry Switzer was only here for 15 years. I mean, we always think about Barry Switzer just being here for years right. and years. and years. He was really only here for 15 years. And who knows what if would have happened if he would have got an offer to coach the Cowboys in 1980, you know, what he would have really done. I, we don't, we'll never know that. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think he was going to leave. It just, you're, to your point, it felt that way this pushed us in the direction that we were going to have to go. And nobody thought this was a bad hire a year ago, and I still don't think it's a bad hire now, even everything we've gone through. I think we're in really good shape. It's just going to take some time to get there. TJ, you got another text or two you want to hit us with? Several coming in on my phone. This one's also offering up a 10-book purchase or $100 Uh to a charity of your choice. 
This one oh. says, tell Toby to make that quote, I won't buy more books, but I will pay cash in $100 bills, <laughs> multiple hundreds. He would be an all-time Sooner Legend status. Or should I just give my Venmo out, and That's we'll right. see if we can raise right. money? That all to, coming uh, in on the TJ text line. That is unsponsored at this moment. If somebody would like to sponsor the TJ text line, I'm open for negotiations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if that goes down in history, it's one of the best radio calls in history, Toby. Um, mm-hmm. Rock bottom it would might be, be petty. It might, it might be petty. Yeah, but we need that this year. We need petty we need this petty. year. We need petty. <laughs> We need anything. We, we need any hit we could get. Here's we need the deal. any hit we can get. Here's the deal. It is an irrelevant conversation if Oklahoma doesn't win the football. That's game. correct. Oh, we're gonna win. That's correct. We're going to win. Yeah. Uh, this says, do it, Toby. You can ask for forgiveness. This is another one saying ask for forgiveness. Uh, <laughs> do it in the first quarter if we score a touchdown. You, guys you don't have to worry bad. about it. You guys are bad influences on me. <laughs> if that Big 12 <laughs> officials call the game, OU has already lost, this texter says. Yeah. <laughs> I got bad news for you. It's a Big 12 game. We could be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't take a knee in the end zone after an interception. You're subject Jeez. to getting blasted. By the way, no I heard reason. from Tanya C. off the air. She tried mm-hmm. to correct me on her name again. Tanya uh, had actually texted in Ravens. I think it did that thing where it jumps up to a ah, previous text, okay. and I read packets gotcha. from a while back. So she had picked the Ravens. All right, Ravens she has not used yet, so she's good there. All we're waiting on is Sam from Wayne, and we will have all of our Hal Smith Restaurant Group King of the Mountain picks in for this week. We're trying to find a champion. You guys are duking it out. Quick break. We'll talk more with John here at Brown O'Haver next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. TJ, do you know what a mink is? The animal? Um, I may have just disposed of a mink coat uh, within the last two days. <laughs> okay. In fact. Uh, yes. Terrifying story come out, coming out of Ohio. Oh, no. Uh, Van Wert County Sheriff Thomas Riggenbach. Uh, released that his office is investigating a breaking and entering vandalism complaint at Lion Farms USA Mink Farm. Uh, it occurred during the overnight hours of November 15th, so this is two nights ago. Fencing was destroyed, and approximately 25,000 to 40,000 mink are on the loose. What? 25 to 40,000 mink at this mink farm are free and roaming around the town. Uh, They are carnivorous animals, says they stick to a diet consisting of fresh kills. They regularly hunt prey bigger than themselves. They are bothersome for livestock owners, particularly poultry ranchers, but watch out for your dogs and your koi ponds as well. Oh they'll, be, they'll eat anything that's alive, basically. Twenty-five to 40,000 of them. This small Ohio town. That's like a horror movie uh, come to life. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Yeah. All the weasels running around. Can you imagine, like, the moment... The one of them, like the first one, noticed that there was a hole in the fence and uh, put the call out to the rest <laughs> of them. Hey, guys, over here, over 
I was really hoping that question would result in that right there. A TJ, a TJ Mink voice. That's amazing. It's the first vo- Mink voice in the history of the show. I had no idea what they sounded like, that's but exactly I imagine that's what they, exactly what they sound exactly like. Exactly what they sound like. We're at Brown O'Haver today. If you uh, have a mink infestation, they might be able to help you. I have no idea. Probably they can. If they, they do eat miracles the, If here. they eat the fish in your koi pond, give us yeah. a call, 405-735-5510. What's the great thing you guys are involved in right So now? we got a couple things that were uh, – number one, our diaper drive is about to kick off, and so that's been a big deal for us the last three or four years. So everybody be paying attention to that on Facebook – and we're going to be accepting diapers starting after Thanksgiving. Is this a Christmas thing? It's a Christmas thing okay. that usually goes through um, January 1st. So I think it ends like January 12th or something. So, yeah, you drop off your diapers, and we'll make sure and get them to um, the charity that we coordinate with. And it's really been – the ref has always been very good about hooking us up, too, in terms of uh, Perry Spencer always shows up with a uh, truck full of di- uh, diapers and stuff. So really? We, yeah, we appreciate everybody that does it. He's a good guy. Well, I think he always made Randy and now Brian and Casey pay for it. So I don't, I don't think it's coming out of Perry's pocket. Let's put it that way. Oh. I think he's like, it's like, he's like George Costanza with the big salad. He's you know? delivering. Yeah. yeah. It, I got you. It's like, oh man, thanks for these diapers. And he yeah. just says, you're welcome. Like, and, <laughs> but deep down, you're like, dude, you didn't buy all these diapers. Like, don't even give it to me. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, anyway, uh, and then the other one is, uh, there's a lot of, uh, we want to support our local arts. So I wanted to take this time to make sure everybody knows that there is an air, there is a performance of the Oklahoma Nutcracker, mm. uh, featuring artists, guest artists from the New York City Ballet Company, and it's going to be at the Nancy O'Brien Center for the Performing Arts, Saturday, December seventeenth, and Sunday, December eighteenth, and you can get tickets at TicketStorm.com. We've got a a couple of friends on the soccer team whose daughters are going to perform in it. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a really cool deal. And this is a pretty legit performance. Like this isn't like some kind of kitty performance. It's like legit. Big time. Big time. Big time. You big ballet theater. person? Um, no, I'm not a big time ballet person. I got a nutcracker story for you. I don't even know what the nutcracker is about. Um, but I'm supporting the nutcracker for anybody out there that wants to support it. Many years ago, my, my sister's, my, my wife's sister's family lives in Detroit. And for so my sister-in-law and brother-in-law live in Detroit, and uh, in fact, this was I think when she was still they were dating. I don't even think they were married yet. We went to Detroit to visit them, and we got all gussied up. She thought it would be fun for the whole family to go to the, the ballet at the uh, Detroit fancy. Nutcracker Ballet Christmas Time downtown Detroit. There's this big fancy theater, probably a lot of lights outside and stuff. It was Suits, probably real festive dresses. You know, one of those, sure. one of those things. And I really don't have anything other to tell you about that, other than I do remember about an hour into it, looking over at my father-in-law. We like made eye contact, and he went, and I was like, "Yep." And then then we watched the rest of the ballet. That's my uh, uh, nutcracker story. My same. Uh, that doesn't same exactly experience? sell you sell you on what you're trying to push here, right? But. I, I do hope everybody goes and supports this edition of the Nutcracker. Uh, and it did probably serve as the impetus for my uh, niece, who now is a renowned balletician. What do, you, what do you call it? Ballerina. That's what you call it. Yeah. She's a renowned ballerina, really? probably inspired by that night huh. when we went to the Detroit Ballet. Okay, you're, you're saving yourself. But I was very out of place that night, for sure. I fell asleep. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I fell asleep. Hmm. 
I think I think that the ballet. So go to the Nutcracker. Everybody. I think the ballet, and especially the Nutcracker, is is for a very specific audience. You know that probably appreciates cultured, art. cultured appreciates. Are you art. saying we're not uh, cultured, John? I. You know what? As I'm reading this out loud, I'm wondering why I even volunteered to put this on K Ref. To be honest with you, I can't imagine K Ref Army showing up at the Nutcracker. But if you do. I think you're going to have a great time. Represent. That's all I'm going to say. Wear your KRF Army shirt if you Yeah, know. you don't got to dress up. You don't got to wear a tie. Uh, wear a KRF Army t-shirt. Get your KRF hat. TJ, did you say, say you had a question for John? We did. A legitimate in. question on the text line. It's for Mr. Brown O'Haver, it says. We rarely says, get legitimate questions, John. It says you don't spectrum. sell insurance, but do you review current policies to verify if one is adequately insured as an objective opinion? Uh, Sure. Yeah, we can. Yeah. We're not, we do not sell insurance or insurance products. We are not licensed to sell insurance or insurance products, but we can give you an opinion if you're properly covered or not. Yes. Right. Good yeah. question. Yeah, it's a good question. Solid answer by you. Uh, physical observation. The beard is as long as I've ever seen it today. I know. I, is I, it, are, are we going for it? Yeah, I think We're I'm just, just going to keep going. No, I think I'm just dynasty on this thing. I think I'm just leaning into the beard. How does Alice feel about it? She she still is not all in. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of years now, but I got to tell you, like I was outside this past weekend. The wind was blowing and stuff, you know, and I felt warmer. Felt good. Yeah, I felt I felt insulated. And I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna cut it all off, I don't think it's gonna be this winter. You know, mm. it might have to be like a vacation in the summer. Wait, or something. You give it a full winter's growth on top of what you got going right now. You're well, leaning into Uncle Cy territory. I'm probably going to go. Well, no, I'm going to go get it trimmed up today. No. Oh, OK. But just a little bit. I don't take a lot of length off. Just kind of, yeah. you know, kind of thin it out a little bit. Uh, it's it's a statement maker. Well, it's a lot. I will grant you it's a lot. And I'm even beginning to think that. But at the same time, it's like I've been now committed to it for so long. I'm not sure I can pull the trigger. Yeah, it would hurt to take it off. Not physically, just emotionally. Emotionally, yeah, psychologically, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. All right, uh, let's remind folks how they can get a hold of you if they got questions. Call Brown or... O'Haver. If you've had a loss to your home or your business, call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. We are insurance suggesters for the insured, not the insurance company. We routinely get our clients 30 to 40% more than they get on our own, their, their own. Call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. And don't forget, Sooner fans, to check out the Boomer Bevo podcast oh, yeah. available wherever. How's it going? Po- Listen, Kevin Miller is finally waking up. It has taken him 37 episodes. Yeah. But the the, the last loss to TCU, he was about to lose his mind. Oh, really? It's some of the, That's hard to imagine. It's some of the best podcasts I've ever heard in my entire life. He was so mad at Steve Sarkeesian. So I the thought, most recent podcast I need to listen to. Absolutely. Episode okay. 37. He right. breaks down the loss of, you know, we get frustrated. I get frustrated when Jeff Levy goes away from Eric Gray for like one play. We heard right. this earlier in the show. They gave B. John Robinson the ball 12 times against TCU. 12. Yeah. Now, it's not enough. Inside, as an OU fan, I'm loving that game plan. This to me seems like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and that's what I said. But as a football person who watches it, you're going, my God, you got the best running back in college football and you only give him the ball 12 times. It doesn't even make sense. Right. Quinn Ewers is throwing 39 times and he's got like a completion percentage of 40. I mean, he's, he's killing him. Boomer Bevo Podcast. Boomer Bevo Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, also available on the KREF Podomatic page. You guys have been great. And uh, we are getting like over 400, 500 views on the Podomatic page. That's huh. our leading place. So I appreciate KREF Army listening. But anywhere else you listen to them, please uh, please tune in. It's How good is our basketball team? We were supposed to talk about this oh. today and we've run out of time. Three games in, what do you think? 
you know what, they're not setting us up for a big fall, so maybe they're, they're going to improve as the year goes you're, on. Even that of, last performance, you're not, you didn't see something there you liked or anything? <sighs> well, I mean, still, it's still a competition-level thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. we got to see them how they're going to play against some better stuff. So. Right. When they, you know, when they get into some bigger games, I think we're going to be able to make a better decision. They beat UNC Wilmington worse than number one North Carolina beat UNC Wilmington. Uh, that stuff doesn't matter. I don't, I don't, I don't like the associative property of comparing sports teams. But I like it when it works to my, uh, to well, prove my point. Yeah, I don't like it when it doesn't work in my behalf. I mean, we beat Kent State more than Georgia, so we must be better than Georgia, right? Yeah, that's right. That's how way it works. That's right. But anyway, right. as far as the basketball team goes, I'm hoping we improve. We've got to find that guy. We still have to find. The go-to guy in the last two or three minutes. Grant of the Sherfield. Game. Well, I hope you're right. Yeah, he's I hope your we, we got to find the guy that we can just. You know, you think about all those great Samson, uh, Kelvin Sampson teams. We weren't offensive juggernauts by any means, but we always had a dude that at the end of the game you're like, oh, we're going to give it to Buddy Hill. Hollis not, Price. We're going to give it to Hollis Price. Mm-hmm. We're going to give it to uh, Nahara. Whoever it was, it was one in here, and they would just literally carry us in the last two minutes of games. And squeak out that fifty-four, fifty-three win, you know, and you'd be <laughs> so pale win. and you'd be so maddened that you know we can't score like we did in the Billy Tubbs days. But then you look back at the Kelvin Sampson days and go, oh man, that would be that would be awesome to have those again. So I don't know if we can get the guy that we can trust to go get us the basket at the end of the game. I think we're gonna be okay. Break time. Chris Plank joins us to wrap up the show next here at Brown O'Haver. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com.